I'd like to tell you a story, and it begins with a carrot. Not the kind you eat, which if you are wondering, there is another kind. It's a kibbutz. So there's a kibbutz in Israel that in English would translate, be translated to kibbutz carrot. It's called kibbutz gezer, which means carrot. And a wonderful couple lives there, and the woman's name is Miri Gold. Miri is a rabbi, uh, ordained through HUC in Jerusalem, and she was the first female rabbi to receive a salary from the state of Israel. Can anyone guess where she received her salary from? If you already know, and you knew this before, rabbis here excluded from this. Does anyone else know where her salary might have come from? Taxpayer dollars. Where else might it come from? The URJ. What's the URJ? The Union for Reform Judaism. It's the overarching body that governs all of reform synagogues in America and other things. Yes. Okay, the URJ taxpayer dollars. Where else might it come from? Okay. So do you think that it comes from the same place that Orthodox rabbis in Israel's salary comes from? No. Okay, great. So at least we got that. So it comes from the Ministry of Sport. You know what? They get money. So what I want to talk to you to, uh, about tonight is where the supplemental income to her salary comes from, which is tangentially related to our Torah portion. So our Torah portion for tomorrow is truma, which means sacrificer or a giving, an offering. And before, when we get here... We've just experienced Sinai, so we've experienced Revelation, we've gotten the Ten Commandments, we know the rules, we get some more rules, and we're told, here's how you act. We're told, here's how one way to keep Sinai president in your life is through action. And then we're told, okay, here's another way to keep these commandments and these rules and this excitement present through time, through making sacred time, through holidays like Shabbat and other holidays. And then we're given truma. And Truma is all about the Mishkan, all about this, this dwelling place for God. And we are told in very clear detail, here's how it should be built, and here's the material you need, and here's how it should happen. We are given a physical place to connect to God. A physical place for God to make God's presence manifest on earth. Our job is to create such a physical space and maintain it. We might say Israel is a physical space in our world as a manifestation of that Mishkan that we have a job of protecting today. Now, there are other places that we could talk about, but for our sake tonight, we're going to talk about Israel. The Mishkan, described in this Torah portion, morphed eventually into what we call the temple in Jerusalem. And with the destruction of that temple, the whole state of Israel became that symbol of holiness or of God's presence. Often when people go to Israel, they say they feel more connected to God. So for our argument's sake, we're going to call Israel that physical space, that physical manifestation of a place where we might feel connected to God. So if that's the case, we have a responsibility to maintain that space and maintain her integrity. One way we could do that is by voting. Anyone know when the next election in Israel is? I'm hearing mumblings of March something. It's March. It's Monday. So 
the next election, this is the third election in a year for a prime minister, we can't vote in it, nor can anyone else living outside of Israel. Only Israeli citizens living in Israel can vote. So that's off the table. We can't protect Israel in that way. But there's another way. So the other way is that there's an organization called the World Zionist Organization. Every five years they have elections for the World Zionist Congress. The World Zionist Congress is a body comprised of 500 individuals from outside of Israel that represent other values of Jews from outside of Israel within the Jewish state. They meet in Jerusalem, and this, this year will be the 38th World Zionist Congress. Why am I telling you about this? Because we have a way to influence that and be a part of that so we can protect this state. Established by Theodore Herzl in 1897, the World Zionist Congress was established so that different groups of people from outside of Israel could vote and make their votes heard. We, as Reformed Jews, have an opportunity to vote and send delegates proportionate to the number of votes that we, as Reformed Jews, make to this Congress. The more Reformed Jews that vote, and the more people that vote for our slate, the more delegates, and therefore the more money is allocated to different groups. So remember how I told you about Mary Gold? Part of her salary is paid by the money that's brought in by these delegates. Raise your hand if you've been to Jerusalem to the new wall section, to the section that's, um, what's it called? Um, the egalitarian section of the wall. Sherry, if you feel comfortable, were you with people of many genders, multiple genders? And was it a joyous experience? Did you go to the other part? Was that more separate? Okay. So... The reason for this egalitarian section was to make sure that people who wanted to be able to pray with whoever they felt comfortable praying with were able to. And so that section was in part made possible through this money and many other projects that happened throughout Israel. There are reform congregations that a lot of their funding comes from this particular group. And this particular group, when the reform, from the reform slate, they bring in money. Four million dollars a year was allocated five years ago to the reform community in Israel. Consider the $1.5 million that is allocated for the Orthodox community by the Israeli government. Huge disparity. Another person I want to share with you is a woman, a rabbi, Ayala Miron. She has a congregation in Bavat Ayin, and she serves a congregation of people who were not comfortable with Orthodox Judaism but still wanted to feel connected. Without the money from the World Zionist Organization, she wouldn't be able to have a congregation. They helped her secure a Torah. And they helped make it sure that she has her lights on every, every week so her, the families in her community can come and pray. These, these women and men as well across Israel are our partners and our brothers and sisters. And we have an obligation to help them. So you, you have an opportunity tonight, in the next few weeks, to pray, to pray, also to pray, to exert your right to vote. There are pieces of paper out on the Oneg table with a QR code on it. I have no idea what that stands for, but I do know you can take your phone, put it over the QR code, and the website where you can vote will pop up. Go vote. 
The voting is through March 11th. You can absolutely do it. It's, there's a $7.50 there's a $7.50 processing fee. Minimal, please vote. It's really important for our friends and our global partners in Israel and making sure that we have the ability to continue to do the works that we're doing in Israel and our partners are doing in Israel. We're slate two, the reform slate, which is helpful. And please take that time. The Mishkan was the sanctification of physical space in the time of the Torah. It was our dwelling place for God and the people and something they could see physically. Now, although we know God is everywhere, we feel a deep connection to the holiness and roots of Israel. We can see Israel. We can see the holiness manifest there. I urge you to vote tonight or in the next two weeks to ensure that we can continue to maintain that physical space that we value so highly.